0: Welcome, craft beer friends, to season six, episode 17 of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris? And of course, what is in your glass?
1: Denny, I was uh, just excited to get on and talk with you today because it's, uh, I feel like we're overdue. Like it was a long, long two weeks. (laughs) Uh, So I was ready to get on here and talk about some beer. just got off a uh, four, 13 14 day stint of working in a row just so we could uh enjoy some enjoy some time off yesterday wow. so i am overdue for beer i'm uh I, i'm i'm just good denny we good, good. <laughs> uh but in my glass tonight uh i i had to go a little big on the beer just okay. because of well I don't want to give it away all just yet. Okay. Okay. Uh, but in my glass tonight, uh, I'm drinking a KBS with espresso from oh, yeah. Founders Brewing Company. So, they're a uh, Kentucky breakfast stout with a little bit of coffee added. So that might be why I'm a little wired right now. Oh
0: yes, yes. Mm. Well, you you're not going to fall asleep, that's for sure.
1: No, and the beer I had before that was also from Founders which is one of my new and noteworthy beers, and it had coffee in it too. Oh my gosh, you're double, you're double <laughs> deucing it. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I've become a two-coffee kind of person lately. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, you know what? There is, a, there is a method to your madness on why you're having all these big beers tonight. Yeah. So I guess we should uh, let our listeners know that we have a special guest on. We have Mr. Buck Buchanan from Oklahoma. He's... uh just getting ready to start up a brewery, and we wanted to bring him on the show to talk about what this brewery is all about and when he's opening up and what people can expect when they visit. So, Buck, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you guys? Well, we're doing fantastic. You know, Chris is over there, you know, kind of jittering from all the coffee, mm-hmm. beer. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> impressed. Uh, I've noticed, Chris, has started drinking some bigger beers lately. Uh, I don't know if I'm to blame for that, but I always tag him on now on my untapped. Mm-hmm. Beer.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. like your other one you had, uh, was it yesterday or the day before? It was came in a can, clocked in somewhere in the eighteen percent.
2: That oh. was Friday night. Friday? Uh, yeah, twenty-one point three percent. Oh no, God. that's not a beer,
3: dude. I'm glad I know <laughs> what day it is anymore. <laughs>
2: I uh, we started thinking, what is that like? Uh, I don't know. 42 proof or something yeah yeah that's,
0: that, that's, <laughs> I, so you know what i have a question that we i'm going to ask you we're going to ask you here a little bit but uh, that's crazy to think that uh that was i mean maybe it wasn't sold in oklahoma but that that could be sold in oklahoma because i know they had mm-hmm. some pretty strict uh, beer laws uh, in oklahoma for a while so uh, don't don't spoil it we'll
2: uh, we'll okay. talk about that a little later but uh, what's in your glass tonight I am drinking a Coconut Porter from Stone Cloud Brewing Company right here in Oklahoma City. Um, I went a little light, so I'd make sure to uh, be able to speak okay with you guys. It's only a 6% beer. Oh. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah. drink the baby one. Once. <laughs> yeah, I'll let, uh, let, let all the uh, spotlight on Chris tonight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nice. Uh, what about you, Denny? How's uh, How are you doing this evening? What's in your glass?
2: Well, I'm doing
0: good. Uh, I'm just excited to have you and Buck on. I've been hearing about this brewery that Buck is starting up. I've actually listened to a few podcasts on it. And I wanted my shot to go ahead and answer, ask some questions and let our listeners know about what's going on. So I've been very excited. Can't wait to talk to Buck and learn about his craft beer journey, learn about the brewery, and learn about just have some good good old-fashioned beer conversation. But what's in my glass is I'm celebrating tonight with a revision brewing yes. beer, and this is uh, called their Hop Anatomy. It's a pale ale, and it's not a hazy either. It's a regular old-fashioned pale ale uh, that has some nice. It does have some uh, tropical citrus hop character in it, but it's definitely not juicy. It's definitely not hazy uh, and it's just uh, it's really good. So I thought I'd celebrate with that in it. I think this one's about six percent too. I didn't I, I don't I didn't look at the can and I just poured it and came up here to to start drinking it. So so you guys are drinking. Uh, some darker stuff, I'm drinking the lighter stuff, so we got a good mm-hmm. balance. Mm-hmm. It's like dark and tan, or black and tan, right? Black and tan. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, let's get this show started. Before we, we do that, I always like to explain what Tap the Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We like to focus around, you know, everything about craft beer because we want to help all of our listeners along in their craft beer journeys and their adventures. Uh, you're listening to episode 147. We're recording on Monday, March 9th. 2020. In this episode, like I mentioned already, we have Buck Buchanan. He's going to tell us about his craft beer journey and also about opening up his brewery, Core 4 Brewing in Oklahoma City. So look forward to that in our Brew Buzz segment. And of course, you can count on some great conversation. And let's get that conversation started. And no, we're not going to talk about right now the beers on Untapped. Our listeners are talking. We're going to go and we're going to pry open the can. beer. Buck's beer can here, his uh, his head <laughs> with all of his craft beer journey. So I'm going to get started here and, uh, and ask, Buck, when did you first try craft beer? Now, you can go in and explain how you got started in beer all along, but, you know, but also focus on your actual, your first craft beer and whether or not you liked it. Was it a good experience, bad experience? Just let us know how that went.
2: So it's probably a multiple of all of the above. Um... My first craft beer was probably 2001, 2002 timeframe. And I used to hang out at the Huntington beach brewery in Huntington beach, California. Okay. Um, And so we used to sit up there and, and just on the balcony and it sat like right over where um, everybody just walked around real close to the beach. So we just sit up on the balcony and and, kind of watch the tourists walk around. Um, But at, at the time, like, I was young and I really wasn't thinking that this is craft beer or that I'm sitting in a brewery where this beer was made, you know, (laughs) and like it just didn't cross my mind. I was just hanging out with buddies, drinking a good beer, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was probably like the first time I had a craft beer, but I just didn't really understand what I was drinking at the time. I remember one time going to like a beer release and trying a craft beer. I think it was like Flying Dog Mm -hmm. and it was an IPA. And I thought this is the nastiest thing I've ever drank (laughs) in my life. <laughs> like I don't know how anybody can drink this but, you know like I said I was younger and and uh, I didn't know exactly what I was doing um so that was kind of like my first probably real two craft beer experiences but then like Guinness has always been my favorite like I've always been a big Guinness drinker mm-hmm. and that's the one that really got me out to start experimenting off of that like mm-hmm. well this is a really good beer what else can I find besides Guinness that's similar to that like yeah here's a a, a Scottish Scottish stout or an English stout or something and so it kind of got me into the stout game and really experimenting, going to the liquor store and buying whatever I could find at the time that, that kind of matched that and trying new things. Yeah,
0: Yeah. So do you think that you would call Guinness as kind of your gateway beer that got you started into really looking into craft beers?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's the one that really made me realize there was something else out there.
0: Okay. And obviously... Your beer tastes have matured as you started, you know, dabbling in the different styles. I know you you mentioned Flying Dog, uh, IPA. Maybe it was their doggy-style pale ale. That's a little bit, you know, that was pretty bitter back in the day, too. Uh, You know, kind of turns you off to some of the hoppy stuff. But obviously, I think, do you enjoy hoppy beers now, or is that something you still don't really get into?
2: I enjoy them way more now than I used to. Like, I can appreciate a good New England. I can appreciate a good pale ale. Um, uh, we start getting more into the bitter West coast styles. I'm still not a big fan. Okay. Um, like when we first started down this craft beer journey, my wife was a big IPA fan and I'm, was the big stout fan and I never could, I was like, man, I gotta like IPAs are the big thing. And so she had ordered this flight of like four or five different IPAs and I would try every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, Eventually I'm going to find one of these i like, you know, like, <laughs> I never gave up on them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think finally I hit a loop and shift, and I started like some days I even crave an IPA now, you know. So um, I definitely have uh, come full circle. Okay, excellent, so, excellent.
1: So, Buck, are you are you from California? No, I'm from Oklahoma originally. Okay.
2: I just uh, I had some buddies that lived out there, and when I graduated high school and I had nothing better to do with my time, I was like, <laughs> you know what. <laughs> I'm gonna go out there for a little while and see what happens to me. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, there's a there's a, a soft place in my heart for Huntington Beach. I've spent uh, a little bit of time out there. As far as like, I'd, I I don't know if it was existing when you were out there, but there's a place right there, right by the pier called uh, Sushi on Fire, which is a great restaurant. If you guys anybody's ever out that way, but of course you know Ruby's is always Not a great all. place um out that way too a good friend of mine his sister lives out there uh, they're kind of like family friends and we are much overdue to head out that way
2: yeah you and me both man i miss it <laughs> it's definitely
1: a cool place to go
2: <laughs> all right so
0: do you have a i mean i as you've matured again as you matured in your in your craft beer journey you start experiencing a lot of different beers now let's move forward from 2001 to 2020 and uh do you have a favorite style now that you would say this is my favorite style or if it's if you have a lot of favorite styles is there a style that you just don't like very well?
2: Oh, I am still an imperial stout guy. <laughs> I mean, my <am> I... really. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge imperial <laughs> stout guy.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, I want them to taste like bourbon and pour like motor oil. Mm. Yeah. Those are my favorites, but I mean, obviously you can't drink those all day every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why not?
2: Um West Coast I <laughs> West Coast IPAs are still like the the ones I don't like. know okay, yeah. that much, but um but yeah, everything in between I'm pretty good with. Okay.
0: Do you have uh a go to beer that's just like your go to now that you uh like you know, you you you're going to get beer, sure you go grab up a couple of new things, but you'll see a six pack of this one and you just have to pick up a six pack of it?
2: Uh Ambers. Man, I love ambers. Like Thanks. those are like if I find someone who's gotta get amber, I'm all over that. Oh really?
0: Interesting. Okay. Okay, so that's where we differ a little bit cuz you know me, I'm I I'm I'm kind of it's hard for me to drink a lot of ambers because early on in my craft beer journey, a lot of the ambers had a lot of uh, some of that no they were using like a lot of noble hops I think early on in in the uh, in the craft beer thing and they always tasted like I was drinking some kind of you know dirty sock
3: uh,
0: <laughs> you know multi dirty sock thing and I think I understand that beer changed since then, and I have come across a few Ambers I really like, uh, I, but I tend to like the, the red ale variety of that a little bit better with a little bit more hops to it. seems to be better, but okay, good. Amber, Ambers, uh, my buddy Corey is a big Amber
1: fan too. He, he loves a good Amber. All right. So you live in Oklahoma, right? And we... We all know, like Denny mentioned a little bit earlier, there were some strict beer laws not too long ago. So could you tell us about how the craft beer scene has changed in Oklahoma?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Forever, like it was, it could only be 3.2%. And now, um, so it was four point alcohol by volume, 3.2 alcohol by weight was the law. Mm. And there was nothing you could do. And when breweries first started coming here, like they weren't even allowed tap rooms. They could only have distribution only. Uh Um, So you weren't even allowed to go sit in a tap room for a long time. And then I think it was like 2000, trying to think back Mm 16-ish, the laws changed. Um, And then they allowed us to go to start having tap rooms. Like you could still go in, still have, I have a, you could still like if you had a tap room and all it could only be four percent. Like mm-hmm. you couldn't sell anything higher than that in your tap room. You could distribute it and make it. Um, and then there, then they allowed you to go like bigger. After that, they came out with another law. We could then you could have go in the tap room and have the big beers, but then they had like liquor store hours. So like you had to be closed on Sunday. You had to close mm-hmm. by nine. If you stayed open later than nine, you could only sell your three point two beers Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it was pretty rough there for a while so a lot of these guys that were that were you know in the game early were were really struggling just trying to get anything going um and then about three years ago they finally passed uh the law where they took all that away like they they gave us high point beer
3: Mm -hmm. and
2: you know like the uh, craft beer association of oklahoma uh, really went in and pushed they got the laws written they, they they formed an alliance basically went up there and pushed for these laws to change and they did and they changed for the better and so now um it, it's it's pretty much game on for everybody you can stay open you know you, you got to be closed by two in the morning but other than that you know you're you're pretty much good to go you can make as the beer as high as you want um, <laughs> there are still some laws as far as like grocery stores mm-hmm. like um i I think I want to say it's like eight percent is the highest beer you can put in a grocery store, um, but they're working on a law to pass this year to to at least where it'll match wine, which is like thirteen or fourteen percent. Oh wow! In um, grocery stores, but you can still go to a liquor store and get wh- whatever size you want. Yeah. Oh, really? So yeah, it's okay. been a, it's been a fun ride and to be part of and to watch and you know it, it's been kind of crazy watching this happen. Like I never thought Oklahoma would. Would change like it has, and it's been fun to watch and be involved and in part of this the history of the state yeah, as that, far as that. alcohol laws are concerned.
1: I thought we had it rough in Ohio when we couldn't get anything over twelve percent. Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that changed not too long ago, but and it was uh when well, I up sixteen percent now. As I I don't think there is a limit. It's either it's either I thought it was say like twenty one percent might be the limit if oh. there is one at all. But Ooh. it's uh, yeah it. But man, three three point two percent—that's it.
2: And nice. that law, that twenty, that law three years ago allowed, like we weren't even allowed to have wine in our grocery stores. Like mm-hmm. you could have three point two beer, but that was it. Yeah. And Oklahoma has quite a few wineries as well, so they all got together and pushed, and they got it where you could have you know, beer, higher point beer, and wine okay. in your grocery store. So
1: that's good. That's uh, that's one of the things I always like about the beer community is that even though you guys are would be competitors with other breweries, like everybody's willing to work together mm-hmm.
2: yeah it's great like that it's the community is amazing
0: now did you see when they've changed the laws did all of a sudden a bunch more like breweries start to open up in the, in oklahoma now that the law was changed they you know they may have had a handful because nobody wanted to you know brew and then all of a sudden you had a like a burst of, of breweries opening be, just because the laws changed or is, did you not see much of a change in the growth
2: Oh, no. As soon as that law changed, it it, it was a burst. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, there's been quite a bit. I mean, that being said, I think we still, I want to say we're in the high 20s, maybe low 30s in the entire state. Okay, still Mount pretty Calvary's, low. Yeah. Like, we're probably like, four, like 45, 46 in the country per capita still. Okay. Um, so there's still plenty of room, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, good. Well, I... I mean, with with all the, I mean, we have when we talk about the brewery. I have another question later on about uh, you know about the the rapid growth across the country with craft breweries. Uh, but it's good to see that yeah, you definitely were. Uh, I I can imagine that there weren't a lot of breweries that really wanted to open up early on. But once that law changed, now you're seeing that growth, and you may you may see that you know grow more exponentially than linear, linearly because you know there's so many people that you know might want to open small breweries in smaller towns in Oklahoma and they can do that without having to worry about some archaic laws that can't keep a small business uh, operating like I mean it's ridiculous you can't have your own tap room because that means everyone everything that you sell is getting a piece of you know a piece of it being taken away from you by that distributor (laughs) so
2: right yeah that was a big fight with the distributors but luckily we came out on top
1: Nice. So, Buck, were you ever a home brewer? It was, yes. Do you um, remember? Do you remember what your first uh, beer was that you brewed?
2: Yeah, it was a milk stout. Oh, <laughs> surprise, surprise! Right? <laughs> yeah, those you can hide all the mistakes in a good stout.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: How long? Yeah. Uh, how long have you been? Well, how long have you been brewing? Me, just a couple years,
2: probably three or four years now. Uh, my business partner Marty has been a home brewer for ten plus years, and so he's really the head brewer at the okay. at the brewery. And I'm I'm the the assistant brewer and a uh, pretty face. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, yes.
1: I know the pain. I really do.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. All right. So if um, if you were able to name a beer, Buck, and I guess you guys will probably be doing that here very shortly. Uh, what would you call it, or pick one? <laughs>
2: well i mean i got a list
1: it's gotta be yours
0: something special just you 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 chose the name you don't, no matter what the other three owners say you say this is what this beer's gonna be what would that be
2: man that one really puts me on the spot
1: <laughs> or or maybe we do like top three favorites that you guys currently have Uh what do you think, Penny?
2: I think my first that chocolate milk stout was called Uncle Buck's chocolate milk stout. Okay, okay, yeah, Uh, I like that.
1: A little play on Uncle um, Uncle
2: Buck. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like I made an ESB, I called it proper brassic, which means like you're super poor. Like it's like slang for super (laughs) poor. (laughs) Uh an Irish red, I would probably call it patty, not patty, you know, like mm-hmm, P-A-D-D-Y, okay. not P-A-T-T-Y. Yeah,
0: there you go.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's going to be going around here in about a week now. That's <laughs> already
2: happening, already.
1: <laughs> nice. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I don't know. Those are probably like some of the names that, that of my home brews that I had. None of those have really carried over to the brewery, but...
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if you can... Tell us now. Do you have uh, one beer name that you guys are getting ready to show off that you really just you love the name of?
2: That I love the name of?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I've named them all. So they're okay. like kids, right?
1: Wow. <laughs> well, um, then you got to pick so, your favorite kid. Uh,
2: our, right. Our milk stout we call the disgruntled heifer. Um, <laughs> which, that one's kind of fun. We do a smash IPA called Single by Choice. Oh, I like that uh, guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did a white stout that like we aged on cocoa nibs and uh, we named it Blanca Tatanka, okay. um, like the great white buffalo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we have an imperial stout that we did that we took third place in at a homebrew competition, and uh, so after we took third place, we called it It's Bonafide. Because now, now we have a, yeah. a medal for it, yeah. and then you know, it's a play on "Oh, brother, where art thou?"
1: Mm-hmm. Nice, great movie.
2: All right,
0: I, <laughs> I can already tell that I am gonna like like every beer you guys make because I love the names. You guys have creative <laughs> names that I can really. Uh, get behind so that's great
1: well, <laughs> well you may not like the beers denny which i'm sure you probably will but you're at least you'll at least cough up the money to buy them just because oh, yeah. of the name yeah, yeah I'm a right.
0: sucker i'm a sucker yeah. for a good
1: name beer yeah so you got at least two beers sold uh, anytime denny and i come to uh, oklahoma <laughs> nice. um, and and then how buck how do you rate your beers do you do it a kind of overall enjoyment or do you do it by the style overall enjoyment you mean the right way correct (laughs) like
2: i'm the kind of guy that thinks the bjcp needs to be ripped up and thrown out the window but
1: oh Oh, man i'm supposed to be your friends here in a little bit
2: (laughs) i mean it comes in handy when i like i'm trying to like figure out how to profile the beer Mm -hmm. or like you know like document like what it's supposed to be like i'll Mm -hmm. I'll pull up the bjcp read about it like oh yeah it does do that (laughs) you know and it gives me away but um no, it just kind of depends on the beer. Like, like an ESB, for example, they're supposed to be a little more bitter. I like mine more malty. Mm-hmm. So, if you were going to submit uh, an ESB in to for judging and it wasn't bitter, then you might get counted off for it. Where I like to make mine just a little more on the malty side, you know. So, like, I brewed them to taste. Yeah,
0: nothing wrong with that.
2: And I and I I judge that way too on untapped.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's okay. I'm I'm like the oddball, the odd
2: one out, but it's okay. <laughs> no,
1: it I uh, you, Denny. Yeah, <laughs> I started
2: out at, as a member of the uh, as a homebrew club here in Oklahoma City called the Red Earth Brewers, and there's lots of guys in there that are certified judges and live and die by the BJCP. So you're not the only one. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> live and die by the BJCP. I just
0: <laughs> and and I don't really. It's been a joke that I, yeah I follow the style guidelines, and that's not the case. It's just that. My thing is if I am drinking a Pilsner, I rate it on how good of a Pilsner it is in my own taste. Like if I really enjoy that Pilsner, I'll give it a higher mark. But it doesn't mean that that Pilsner is like better than other beers. That It's not like an overall thing. It's just a you know, it's a rating within the style. And so that's how I kind of gauge whether or not it's, a, it's that style that I really enjoy. So I'm in a mood for that style. I know if I go and get a five-cap rating... I'll enjoy it. Now, everyone can say that's the same thing. Well, if you give it a five overall, then that you still would, and you know, you still. But if I did it overall, it wouldn't necessarily be a five, right? It'd be that's a three and a half overall. But for a Pilsner, it's a it's a five. So that's how I can kind of justify it to myself that uh, of why I I rate by the style. But I I don't I don't have all these style guidelines memorized or anything, and I'm not a BJCP judge, so I'm just a you know. Just a guy that likes beer. And I like to uh, make sure that when I am drinking beer, I'm drinking beer I really enjoy. That's it. I
1: know, but I still love giving you craft beer. No, it's okay. It's okay.
2: A good beer is a
0: good beer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. Well, thank you, Buck, for letting us a uh, little insight into your craft beer journey. If anything else comes up as we're going through the show, just go ahead and uh, let us know. But those were, were uh, our questions that we had for you. Did we miss anything? Did you want to let us know any other Tidbits of uh, exciting craft beer news uh, in your your craft beer journey, or are you okay?
2: Uh, We'll go, we'll just head on to the next segment and we'll fill it in as we go. Okay, there we
0: go. Now it's time (laughs) to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according
1: (laughs) to Untapped. Yeah, and this first one that I'm going to read, I'm pretty excited about because Tom Byrne is drinking an NVU versus the Haze by Pipeworks Brewing Company. And this one's got a little celebration behind it. He says, celebration beers time. I ran my first race, a 10K Ooh. in route to marathon training. Looking forward to my next one, not being uphill because, oof. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, Tom. Way to go on that 10K, man. Yeah, uh, nice. Gave, gave that one uh, four and a quarter caps on the uh, Pipeworks Brewing Company beer. Oh, he's he must have went real big on the, uh, oh, yeah on the uh, beers after the run as the next one is from him too, but he's rating these, this next couple pretty, pretty high. So Mm. I do have to read them. Uh, He's drinking the boss or a boss jacket uh, by revolution brewing company. And he says, sometimes beers make me wish I had more characters to work with on here. This one is (laughs) so well done. I don't think there can be a bad SJ variant. Uh, I'm not following what SJ variant is. That's the straight jacket. Straight jacket. Yeah, remember uh, we
0: did the uh, different jackets when we were talking about Revolution a while back?
1: <laughs> I thought we were talking about 12 gauge. No, no, that was Diff, that was the payette. This was I'm glad- the Revolution. We did. I'm glad you remember that yeah, long ago. Yeah, it was
0: a few episodes ago.
1: Okay. So, anyway, he gave that four and three quarters caps on that rating. Uh, maybe I'll have to go back and listen to those. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do listen to them you, all. You were just too—you
0: were too far gone. You had had too many to drink, I think.
1: Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> uh, so the next one he's drinking is a Bourbon Paradise from Prairie Artisan Ales, and he writes, "Traded for this a few years ago. So stoked to see." It make it, uh, I can't, I yeah. can't English. Keep drinking. Yeah. One more. Okay. Let me finish this beer real quick. <laughs> traded for this a few years ago. So was stoked to see it make it to Boise. Feel like this version, uh, down a few percentage points is less cocoa, more Nilla. Hmm. And he gave that one four and three quarters caps. Um, I wonder when Tom does his beer drinking. So it doesn't, doesn't he work at night? Yeah, he does nights, and then
0: he has a few days off, and he works nights again. So I think he just like powers through him, like right after night shift.
1: This check in was seventeen hours ago, and I don't know if you want to do the math on that, but something tells me that was like uh, early, early morning. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, might as well get it in. Corey spree, my buddy from Ohio, is drinking a Shark Attack. Now he's drinking this at New Smyrna Beach, which is here in Florida. Mm. Uh, New Smyrna Beach shark attack capital of the world. (laughs) Um, he's drinking the shark attack, uh, by new Smyrna beach brewing company at JB's fish camp. Gave it a five cap rating. Um, now I got to text him and find out why I didn't get a text message or a phone call. The hell Corey. Anyway, um, moving on to the next one. Johan Hallberg is drinking a confidently lost by Polly's brew company. Everything we're talking about here is in English. Thank you, Johan. (laughs) Uh, Three three and three quarters caps on that one from seven hours ago. And Jeff Seiler is drinking an ever clever DDH by Bearded Iris Brewing. Mm. Uh, He writes super tasty double IPA from Bearded Iris in Nashville. They've been closed due to recent tornado. Mm. Yeah. Just reopened cheers to bearded iris four and a quarter caps yep cheers to you guys i did not realize they were in nashville and hopefully they're getting their getting everything straightened back out after that nasty storm um john c is drinking a ddh am i not following what ddh stands for what the hell does that say double dry hop come on man i thought
0: you were a home brewer you should know this stuff
1: listen denny it's dogs (laughs) on my brain the last i don't know 77 days it could be double double doghouse then we dry you. hop
2: imperial stouts
0: come
1: on <laughs> yeah it's yeah, true get it together man <laughs> all right uh double dry hop thank, thank you. you are we having fun yet uh simcoe and mosaic so yeah good call uh <laughs> uh by hoof hearted brewing and he writes seems watery but good grassy piney hops definitely tongue scraping Mm. light orange lemon uh three and three quarter caps on that one and moving up onto the next one there's a lot so we've got to go through and pick up the best ones eric gronley is drinking an omni lager by omni brewing company at omni brewing company and he writes omni has a lager light sweetness floral hot flavors as well really clean dry finish i'm a huge fan for order caps on that one and omni brewing company in maple grove minnesota oh okay yeah um tom again checking into another omni brewing company beer the super scotch deep ruby color this has a barrel flavor profile as well caramel and chocolate flavors This one is boozy. Glad I got it. Just got a taster. <laughs> mm. And uh, he gave that one four and a quarter caps as well. And Super Scotch is clocking in at 13% oh. ABV. Wow. Oh, just right. Yeah. Good for the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. All right. And on to the next. I'm gonna check into this one with Jeff Siler's drinking Mexican hot chocolate by 10W or Mexican hot chocolate 10W40. By High Wire Brewing. Love that place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right there in Asheville, North Carolina. And he writes, Roasty, chocolatey, sweet, and spicy. Really nice. Love it. Uh, Four and a half caps on that beer. And that one is an Imperial Stout with chocolate, vanilla, cinnamon, pasilla, and Carolina Reaper peppers. Ooh, nice. I don't know. Have you guys ever had just a pepper type beer that was too hot to drink?
0: Yeah, a lot of them. But I'm not much of a pepper guy.
1: Yeah, but not for I mean, Buck.
0: I know
2: Buck can handle it, right? Well, I'm not a bit. I don't like them that much in my <laughs> beer. But I can tell you what; those make like they go real good in like chili or like with yeah broths. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I I've never had a a pepper beer where I've just I haven't been able to drink it that it was too hot. I don't get the heat from it. I always get the flavor.
0: So I've had some that literally burnt my throat as it went down, and then I couldn't drink anything else after. So there's. I've had some bad ones, but I don't know. I, I If it's a pepper, if I get the flavor of the pepper and not the heat, I like it much more. But if I get that, you know, that burny, acidic, you know, burn, then mm-hmm. I don't, I don't,
1: I'm not really happy with that. Yeah. I I, I can't say I've ever gotten a, a hot beer. I like spicy foods, but I mean, and I've tried a lot of different pepper beers just because I'm looking for that spice. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. Um, Let's see. I'll, I'll read this one. John C. Drinking a Florida Man by Cigar City Brewing Company at Beer Engine. Now, Florida Man, I remember seeing that one come out quite a while ago. Actually, right after we moved here. Whoops, I'm clicking on weird stuff. Uh, but he writes, uh, balanced, good, citrusy, and light lemon hops and crackery malt. He gave that one four caps. Drinking that at the Beer Engine in Lakewood, Ohio, and John is doing a lot of uh, a lot of drinking out in Ohio today at the Beer Engine. Uh, drinking a Monstruo del Norte by Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales. Mm. And he just writes good oak and grape jelly. R- really good oak and grape jelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, vinegary sour. Yeah, three, and, three yeah. and three quarter caps on that one. Yeah, and and uh, jolly pumpkin. They're uh, all wild from yeah. them.
0: Yeah, it's all wild. And I agree with with him that most of them come across with that, you know, acidic. You know, not, I wouldn't say vinegary, but acidic. Uh,
1: Acetic, yeah, flavor. really,
0: really strong. And I mean, it used to be that those were the sour ales, but there's so many. I think there's so many breweries now that can do really good, solid s- sour ales that don't, you know, melt the enamel off your teeth. That I think, yeah, I appreciate those a little bit more now. But they do have a few. I I found that when I aged my jolly pumpkin beers, mm-hmm. they they seem to get a little bit better. I, from what I understand, aging it. It's supposed to make it more sour, but I find that it kind of mellows it out a little bit. Okay.
1: Myself. Uh, Buck, tell me about the whole coconut and what you're doing drinking it at the Walmart photo center. Oh. (laughs) Yes,
2: I'm that guy.
1: Yeah. Good. Me too.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's really nice porter. It's got a really good coconut flavor. It's not too boozy, or it's just got a nice. I mean, it's a good porter. A nice no. little coconut flavor on the finish that makes it taste real
1: nice. I like I'm it. gonna I'm gonna ask for a cap rating because you didn't put one. So
2: yeah, I don't usually with my local breweries. Just being in the industry, I don't even want to mess with oh, it. You know, so ask. I just put it up, right. If it's All one right. from somewhere else, I'll rate it. But uh, I,
1: I, being around local, I usually don't rate them. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, you don't want to stir up the pot too much. Right. Um right. and last but not least, and I just clicked refresh. Uh, John C is drinking a champ I can't read that one. It's in a different <laughs> language. Um, you can do it. Yeah. Sh- it, well, they'll, they don't even look like English letters. That's where I'm. Why I'm sticking here. The Champus Weeb, uh, from Freigeist Beer Beer Culture Beer. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Beer culture. You're right. Yeah. Freigeist Beer Culture. Uh, at the Beer Engine, super dry and champagne like. Great Brett and Grape, four and a quarter caps on that one, and one more refresh just for good measure, and that is what everybody's drinking. Wow. Nice, nice. Well, you know what, Buck, we're not letting you off the hook
0: here. So surely you have had some uh, great beers in the last week or so, maybe two weeks if you, can't, if you haven't drank much this week. Uh, what you have any noteworthy beers you want to let our listeners know that they need to go out and try?
2: Man, there's a new brewery just opened up last week in town called Broke Brewing, and their tap room is super neat. It's done all up in like, like '70s, like almost retro disco style. Like, Mm kind of makes you feel like Studio 54. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's all wood paneling, and uh, the guy who owns its company, he owns a speaker company, or his family owns a speaker company. So they have high-end speaker system in there, so the sound was really nice. um, They did a It was an Irish dry, Um, it was called Old Money, and it was 7.6%, which is really high for an Irish dry stout, Um, but they poured it on nitro, and man, it just super creamy, and it came out super well, and I was really impressed with that beer there.
0: Nice. Nice. If if we weren't having you on the show tonight, I was going to do a... Basically, I was going to do a, an episode, kind of, you know, because St. Patrick's Day is right around the corner, and I thought, you know what, we'll do some some uh, Irish dry beers, some stouts, some reds, some, you know, some things that we, you know, maybe maybe combine a couple of different styles into into one show. But uh, but hey, we have you, so we'll have to postpone that till next uh, St. Patty's Day. That's how. Right. That's Just how talk, much you talk,
2: are. talking about the best ones you drink on St. Patrick's Day. Next, <laughs> next
0: <time. laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, if you can remember those, <laughs> anything but a green beer.
0: Yes, yeah. yes. No, Thank no, you. No green beer. Okay, that's it. That's the only one that you can uh, remember off the top of your head.
2: I mean that twenty one point three percent. I don't. It was called a dr style. It was from Coop L which is right here in Oklahoma City, and it was just a small batch. They just had their eleventh year anniversary here, and so they did this twenty one point three percent uh stout and then they did a 30 percent like peanut butter ale and i didn't get my chin my uh hands on that peanut butter cream ale or whatever it was they did but i heard it was still pretty good for 30
1: and then that thing was
2: <laughs> for, you know i say it was 21.3 but man it wasn't near as boozy as you thought it, it was real middle of the road like i I mean, it's me and my wife drank that Crowler, and we, we couldn't have drove anywhere afterwards, so I'm glad we were at home, but <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a good beer. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those are just, I'm telling you, those are a little bit, you know, high for me. I I don't know. I, at that point, it becomes, I mean, even if they hit it really well, I just think that, you know, you drink one glass of, I mean, you had a Crowler, right? So you try. A glass and you guys weren't feeling you guys were feeling it after one glass each that I mean that says a lot that that beer was way way strong three percent's crazy it's that's that's hard that's hard distilled liquor right there <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they were just one offs they did for their anniversary but that man i I was really impressed with it okay
0: all right then so uh chris I'm gonna go first is that okay absolutely okay so I have a I drank quite a bit of beer since our last show. I've been, uh, you know, taking advantage of some uh, some new beers in the town. But I only picked three that I want to talk about tonight because we do have, uh, you know, we have a guest. We have. It might, I don't want the show to be too long for him. But the first one I'm going to talk about is uh, from Odell Brewing. I don't talk a lot about Odell Brewing. I'm out of Colorado. Um, a lot of times, for me, they're hit or miss on, on whether or not I, I, I you know I enjoy the beer or not. But I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed this beer. It's their Barreled Treasure Imperial Stout, and this is a, a big twenty two ounce bottle of of Imperial Stout. Uh, it has coffee in it. You know, we're on the coffee thing. Uh, it has chocolate. You know, cocoa nibs, and it was barrel aged, and it was barrel aged uh, bourbon barrel aged, but it was but that was like the the most that was that was the buried treasure I think in this beer because it really didn't come out strong in the flavor it was really subdued in the finish that allowed me to enjoy the other flavors in there the coffee was a little bit strong but not too too bad I still got some of that chocolate in there and I still was able to get some of that roastiness and then in the finish I just had you know as you as you drink the beer and it kind of such, you know, you kind of have that aftertaste. That's when I really got that bourbon barrel, uh, you know, bourbon oakiness and, uh, and uh, vanilla character out of that beer. And I really enjoyed this one. I gave that a four and a half cap rating. So if anyone out there can uh, get a hold of this beer, I recommend going and grabbing it. It's really good. And the other one I had was, uh, uh, a beer that I've been aging since 2015. And I I bought three, I think I bought three bottles of this beer back in 2015. It's from Pelican Brewing in, on the out the, in Astoria, Oregon, and this is a, a English body wine. It's called the Mother of All Storms, and I've talked about this beer before because I think I've had two other bottles before, and this one is from 2015. This is when this one released, and I was really afraid that I might have let it go too long because this is again this is these beers are a little bit expensive at 25 bucks a, a bottle uh, and I was like you know what did I just blow this expensive you know fairly expensive beer by aging it too long I popped it open the first thing I heard was a nice pssst. I'm like oh yeah it still has carbonation in it. that's that's a positive thing I pour it it still has bubbles uh, didn't have much of a head in there which is okay but then I started drinking it and man this beer was perfect I think the five-year aging was just what it needed because this was so smooth. Uh, I, I think it, I don't remember the, the ABV, it was, it was over 13%, maybe 15%, I can't remember. But uh, the characters were were still pretty decently represented. Uh, and again, I think as you age at English barley wine, especially, those characters just get enhanced, right? You're going to get more of those those English malts uh, characters, that toffee, that toffee character and and, and and stuff in there and I I'll tell you what I really like this beer I didn't get any oxidation notes no papery no sherry notes at all uh, I was still able to get oh it was also uh, barrel aged and I could still taste some of that uh, barrel in there too so the barrel didn't even leave out of this beer so I'll tell you what I really enjoyed it and I'm glad that I didn't uh, have you know have a bad uh, expensive beer experience on that and and again I I think the, that anyone that can get uh, Pelican Brewings, Mother of All Storms, English Body wine. It's a yearly release. You should grab a bottle or two, uh, drink one fresh, and age one for at least two years. I think you'll really enjoy it. And then the last beer I'll talk about is a, from a brewery I early on in the show I talked a lot about, but you know they haven't, I haven't, uh, am I, I they haven't been releasing anything really new. And I've had this beer before, but I never logged it in Untapped, so I thought I'd better log it in Untapped. And uh, I'll talk about it on the show. And this is their Barley Browns Disorder Stout. And I think this this beer actually won a, a Great American Beer Festival uh, award at some point. Don't ask me which one because I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, a a solid, a, a very solid stout. Great roasty malt character that I that I really enjoy. That's what I love about a good a good stout is that is that roasty character. Um, it it but it wasn't overly bitter at the end it did have a little bit of bitterness but it wasn't overly bitter uh drink really thick uh and crunchy i really enjoyed it i only gave it a four cap rating and i think i only gave it a four cap rating because there probably are other stouts imperial stouts that i enjoy a little bit more but hey it's a solid solid beer for sure okay those are my beers uh chris how about you what was uh new and noteworthy in your lineup this week
1: well, I have to add a new one to my list that I just finished. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to start with I'm going to get to that one last, but um uh, so the first one I'm going to talk about, I was really surprised about. So we have a <clears throat> a brewery here in Tampa called Copper Tail Brewing and they did a collaboration with uh, another brewery called 2SP Brewing and they used a colli- they did a collaboration <laughs> with uh a local gas station, well, I mean I wouldn't call it local, but there are a lot of them here with Wawa gas stations now the <laughs> co- the coffee that Wawa puts out now we had Wawas when I lived in Maryland too, so they those three got together or coppertail and two s p brewing got together used wawa coffee, and now they came out with the snowbird reserve vanilla porter, which I bought at a gas station, Denny. Yeah, nice. And I gave it a four cap rating. <laughs> yeah, g- g- cheers to gas station beer. Well, this one was, was pretty pretty awesome because I, I was really uh surprised to see that this was coming out. Um uh, I like the majority of stuff that Copper Tail puts out, so I said, Okay, I had to buy it just because of the of the shtick that was behind it, you know. Uh snowbirds, if people that aren't familiar with those with what snowbirds are. It's all the people who come down from the northern states, you know, like me, because oh. I moved down here uh, from a northern state. But all the people that come down and spend their winters in Florida, we call them snowbirds. OK, so this was a six uh, percent uh sweet and robust porter featuring vanilla beans, malted barley and notes of sweet. I don't know why the hell somebody wrote the word close in the in the description, but uh, sweet graham cracker and dark chocolate. And this was, it was super simple beer, nice coffee flavors, a little on the malty side. There's some roast in there. I mean, it was just good. Mm. I'm just buying it from a gas station. I was really surprised about this. I gave it four caps and uh, I was really, really pleasantly surprised. Um, The other one that I had, or the second one that I had was from Founders. They're uh, frangelic mountain brown, which was a hazelnut coffee infused beer that according to their description on untapped, it was a one-off beer uh, created in the mountain Brown series for their tap room in 2007. But I guess they just made it again uh, because everybody (laughs) liked it so much, (laughs) but it was, um, it was definitely very, Coffee up front with some uh, some hazelnut flavors and some nutty flavors in there. It was a little on the sweeter side. And uh, ended up giving this one a four and a half cap rating. I was surprised this 9% beer disappeared as fast as it did. Hmm. So it was uh, very easy to drink and just very good. So that was my first coffee beer that I had this evening. And my second one is going to be this KBS with espresso that I just finished. And, um, I gave that one a five cap rating. Nice. Five caps. Uh, totally Yeah. Smokes. And I was, I was kind of checking in to see who else had checked into this, this beer as well. And our buddy Chad Lamasa checked into it uh, a few weeks ago. I think we actually read the check-in uh, a little while ago and he had mentioned really not boozy at all. I mean, this, this is a 12% barrel aged beer with coffee. Um, I don't know if it's just, you know, the company that we have right now, but that went down really easy, Hmm. Uh, but very, very easy drinker, very great coffee flavor. Um, The barrel wasn't too over the top. Uh, They did this one right, and uh, I was very happy to give this one a five cap rating.
0: Nice. Excellent. All right. Well, guess what? Um, We had a voicemail. We had two voicemails, but I'll just make it into one voicemail. And this is from our buddy, Mike Allen. Remember Mike used to be in Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. And then he, he relocated over somewhere on the East coast. Well, let's just hear where Mike actually located Cause he tells us where he's at now. Okay. So let me see if I can get this thing started.
3: Hey, Danny and Chris, Mike Allen here. Hey, uh, formerly in Reno, uh, recent transplant to Atlanta. Didn't mean to catch up with you guys for a while. Um, just want to say thanks for the great shows. Just get done listening to one forty-five. Good, good stuff. Um, Wife and I moved to Atlanta about uh, three months ago now, just uh, kind of starting to immerse ourselves in the beer culture and, uh, and uh, you know, kind of see what's going on out here. Found a lot of good breweries around this way. And starting to get some bottle shrews and, and that kind of thing going here. Um, Chris, I heard you comment about coming to Tampa one of these days in the near future and uh, meeting up, and I'd love to do that. I don't have a date that I could do just yet, but absolutely, I'll be in touch. We can work something like that out. But anyway, I just wanted to say hi and kind of check in with you guys. And oh, forgot, also, love want to have one of those stickers, too, to, to put on some, some bottles and stuff. So, um, yeah, to get some more of those are made. One of those my way.
0: Okay. Let me go to the next one.
3: Hey, guys. Mike again. Sorry about that. Got uh, distracted by a, a work call coming in. Um, that said, yeah, I'd love to have one of those stickers you guys are doing so I can paste that out there and uh, you know kind of get the word out about the, the show. Anyway, keep doing it. Keep up the good work and uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Mike, for your voicemails. We always appreciate that. And, of course, I'll send you some stickers out this week. I've already sent out my first bunch from the last show and I'll just send out the next, well, one, I guess. And maybe I'll send some out to you too, Buck, if you want to uh, paste some of our stickers on your, uh, on your new brewery.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, going to hit you up later for some. Don't worry. <laughs> no, <okay>. Your cooler <laughs> door is going to need a <laughs> tap the craft sticker. Yeah. Yep. yeah.
0: That'd be good. I'm to you... stick it right on the door so everyone can see. That's right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, so we found out Mike Allen is in Atlanta, Georgia. That's where he's relocated. So he's right at a good spot to get a bunch of different beers from that East coast beer, you know, scene uh, over there. That's why he's go down to Asheville and, and maybe he can go to that, uh, scoff law, brewery and find. Out. I know that Amanda Arguire was there, uh, for that, uh, that Dominique Wilkins thing, I think. Right. And, but, uh, but, yeah, I need to hear about We need to have her on the on the air so we can hear about how that went and find out if scofflaw beer is really worth all the hype. I don't know. We'll find out. But, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you Mike, for the uh, compliments, too. We love putting out the show, and I'm glad you enjoy it. And I'll send those stickers out. That's pretty much it. We had a few other small feedbacks, but I didn't want to take too much time to do that. But uh, I do want to mention something that, I want to get the word out to all of our listeners. Uh, Chad Lamasa he really wants a Tap to Craft t-shirt. So if someone, one of our listeners really wants something, you know what they do? They go out and try to make it happen. So he found, he hooked us up with a, a screen printing company, and now we have the option of ordering up some Tap to Craft t-shirts. Uh, so I just want to give you a lowdown on what this is. I don't have anything put up on our Facebook page or Twitter uh, but yet, but I will get it once I get the final, kind of like get more of the pricing uh, sheet down uh, sh- but I do have a proof of what the shirts will look like and uh, the, the the thing is, is we have to order because this is like not through one of those big giant companies that, you know that print off a bunch of shirts and then mail them off, this will be done in a, in a local Maryland screen printing shop and so they'll send them to me and I have to send them out to everyone that orders them and they say we have to have at least a minimum of 12 Pieces of uh, clothing. Uh, I don't think we necessarily have to have all the same style of shirt, but at least twelve job, you know, twelve pieces before they'll they want to do the job, which is understandable. And uh, I I think I figured out I, I might be able to get some cheaper some cheaper uh, shipping, but right now I'm having trouble figuring out the shipping because again, it changes depending on where you live. I'm in Boise, so you know, shipping from here out to the East Coast is going to be a little more expensive. But if I do the flat rate, it's going to be you know, eight, eight bucks uh, per package. So that adds a little bit of extra cost to it. But with that being said, um, it looks like it's going to be for a regular-like style T-shirt with a three-inch Tap to Craft logo on your left breast and then a big 10-inch modified Tap to Craft po- uh, uh, logo on the back. It basically has our, our pint glass with the bottle cap. And then on the outside of the, of the bottle cap, it says Tap to Craft podcast, you know, something that you can represent. So that's going to be about $20, maybe a little less, depending on how many orders we get. Um, I also uh, want to have an option to have like a a baseball jersey style. I know my wife likes the baseball jersey style shirts. That'll be just a little bit more, um, but I haven't figured out the the price yet. She's going to get me the price on that. And then also a women's V-neck shirt for all the women out there that uh, that like to have more of a ladies look. (coughs) What I ask you guys to do is please let me know if you are interested in buying a t-shirt, uh, once we get all the all the numbers in, I can come up with a more finite price to let you guys know. But think about $20 per shirt, maybe less if you order two, because the shipping won't be as expensive. I might be able to get a deal. So uh, just let us know by uh, Facebook, email, or on Twitter when I send all that stuff out. And, of course, if you want to contact the show with your comments or questions or give me your t-shirt order, uh, you can do that through email at TapTheCraft at gmail.com or on Twitter. Just follow us and, and write to us at TapTheCraft. And, of course, Chris wants to interact with you on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TapTheCraft. And don't forget, we do have that voicemail number. It's 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY if you like that. And, uh, again, if you leave us a voicemail, I'll, I'll send you some a thank you Gift of some uh, stickers and some business cards that you can pass out to your friends, or at least make it easier uh, to get the word out to your friends about the podcast. And I also want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And we invite you to please check out the other shows on the network. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz. And the Brew Buzz is focused discussing various beer related topics. And this week, like we already mentioned, we have the opportunity to sit down with Buck Buchanan. From Core Four Brewing in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and we want to uh, dig in to what this uh, what, what Core Four Brewing is all about. So, Buck, we understand that you are getting ready to have a grand opening of Core Four Brewing. So, when is this big grand opening occurring?
2: Next Saturday, March
0: fourteenth. March fourteenth.
2: Finally, get the doors open.
0: Okay, so March fourteenth, the doors are opening, and how, if people want to go and uh, and visit this grand opening. Where are you located in Oklahoma City?
2: Our address is 7 North Lee Avenue. We're in downtown Oklahoma City. Um, we're inside what they call the Paramount Building. So it's a three-story building, and we're on the bottom floor of it. Um, if you guys, if anybody's like basketball fans, like the Chesapeake Arena is where the OKC Thunder play, and we're about a mile due west of chesapeake arena on sheridan so sheridan and lee are across streets
0: okay okay cool so how did you guys go about picking this location i mean it sounds like it's a pretty pretty nice if you're close to some uh sporting event uh, arenas but did is, is this an up-and-coming neighborhood i mean I'm, I'm not familiar with Oklahoma city but is this an up-and-coming neighborhood Is going to be uh, a lot of you know other like-minded businesses are going to come move in and, and you're going to have a lot of foot traffic and a lot of people coming to do other things and be able to you know enjoy your beer and and uh and food Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um so like Oklahoma City used to really be hubs into like what they call Bricktown and that was like the commercial area. And in the last couple of year years we've kind of been outpacing Bricktown and going out into like different communities and revamping communities. Um so this is kind of the next one. It's called Film Row. Um, And what it is was back in the 1920s and 30s, it was the central hub for Paramount Pictures. And so Paramount Pictures owned a lot of buildings down there, and that's why it was called Film Row. And so they stored a lot of the films there. Um, Actually, in our building, it still has one of the oldest uh, movie theaters in the state uh, from back in the 20s and 30s. So. A lot of really cool features that came with the building, like um, like our our grain room still has the big, huge, heavy vault door from because it was an old film room, and I mean, if you remember, um, Inglorious Bastards, that movie, Inglorious Bastards, yeah, where yeah. they like all the film catches on fire and they burn down the whole movie theater.
3: But that's how
2: <laughs> right. Okay. So they had to keep everything in big fireproof rooms. So there's a lot of character uh, to the facility because of the old the old doors and old film vault storage rooms and stuff. So that it's really neat. Okay, um, But yeah, I mean, we looked all over Oklahoma city, um, all the other, the areas that were coming up, some other breweries are popping up in other areas, like this place called automobile alley. And uh, we just finally found one that matched kind of what we were shooting for and kind of matched the, the price range we were looking for. Yeah. And just kind of fell in our hands. Okay, good. Yeah.
0: It sounds like, uh, I mean, that's what it, I, so many breweries early on, uh, when they are getting started, a lot of times, like you mentioned, you need to find something in your price range. You need to find something that's going to be able to accommodate what you plan on doing in, in the current and in the future. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have the money necessary to go ahead and build something from the ground up to, to meet their needs. So they have to try to find something that, that, that's already pre-built. And so many breweries that I visited, they they build that first initial location in an industrial area, right? The worst... In my opinion, that's kind of like the worst place you could build a brewery because now people have to go, you know, out of the way into the back, uh, you know, industrial area uh, where all it is is a bunch of auto, you know, auto shops and things that are, you know, back here and there's no parking and, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, not to, not convenient to people and I'm glad that now it seems like breweries are starting to try to find locations that is like a, a spot that people want to come visit right not just that they have to go visit because that's where the brewery is at so i'm glad you're able to find one of those spots that's nice
2: it is and right in the area where we are um like even in the same building we are in it are multiple other places that that will draw people like mm-hmm. um there's a cidery that's being built right behind us that attach kind of in a room that attaches to our building mm-hmm. um there is a wine bar going in like right beside us as well there's a full liquor bar upstairs with a big nice music and they do a lot of comedy and stuff listening mm-hmm. room so that's all in the same building across the street there's a uh, there's like a, a dance club and then down the street just a little ways is a really nice like concert venue and restaurant so there's a lot of things going now down, down in that area that are all within a two block radius of where we are that to help draw in some of that foot traffic
0: Nice. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be nice. It's it's always good to have have a spot. I mean, I I do appreciate it when we go down. I mean, of course, now we go downtown Boise. We've got breweries on every street. It seems like we've got a lot down there. But before there wasn't a lot. You know, you had to, you had to kind of pick your pick your spot according to to you know what you're doing. And and now it's uh, now we have a lot more variety. So I don't have to necessarily, you know, I I can go do something and then. I can find somewhere nice to drink, and that's good that people have that option to have their liquor if they want liquor, their cider if they want cider, and beer if they want beer while they're waiting to go into, uh, you know, different, you know, dance clubs or whatever, so that's that's good. Okay, so you're going to have this grand opening event on March 14th, Saturday, March 14th. Do you have any kind of activities or events planned throughout the day that people can come and check out? Like, are you going to have... Uh, I don't know, different uh, bands playing or are you going to have uh DJing or some food events or anything going on?
2: Absolutely. So, uh me and my business partner are both musicians and like we we were in a band together for a long time. And so music is is really a backbone to who we are.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um so we've got four different musicians playing that day. It's going to be more like acoustic style. Um uh, no not really full bands we're, Our our area's not s- super big to to hold that and yeah. plus, <laughs> we don't want to have it away but yeah we have four different musicians that's going to play we'll have a hamburger food truck that'll be there in the afternoon and then a chicago style hot dog truck that'll be there later that evening um so there'll be food and fun for everyone um just found out today that the uh the bagpipes and drums team that's in oklahoma city is going to come in and do a performance of, it's a bagpipe performance for us that day as well so oh, wow we're going to be doing giveaways every hour on the hour, so we'll be giving away all kinds of merch and different things and uh, different beer releases throughout the day. So, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Cool. Cool. Now, in your brewery, are you going
0: to have a, a kitchen in the brewery, or is your tap room strictly just serving alcohol?
2: Just beer. That's all we're just going to beer? do. Just the beer. No, I didn't want to get into the food side of it just yet. Like, dealing with the health department here and beer was hard enough, so yeah. I didn't want to get that next level. Okay. Um, so everything we're going to do. We have twelve taps. We'll have twelve different beers on tap, and um, yeah, everything we brewed right there in, in in our place.
0: Okay. So I mean, for the opening, you're going to have twelve beers on tap of your all your own beers. Yes. Wow. That's impressive. That's really impressive because I think I mentioned on a show uh, I've gone to brewery openings before where they only have like you know two or you know two to four beers on tap, and I just feel so. It just doesn't feel right, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna go ahead and open a brewery, you think you want to display what you, you know what people can expect? You know the the wide range of different beers that 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 you might be able to you know brew something for everyone. And so definitely with twelve taps, that's impressive. There's definitely gonna be something for everyone. Uh, definitely,
2: you know, and some of them are kind of are small batch stuff, so we mainly have one or two kegs of them, you know. So, but there'll they'll be a little something for everyone for sure. All right.
0: Okay, Chris. Why don't you dive into asking some questions on the brewery details?
1: Yeah, because I am curious to know. Because uh, Buck, you are one of four owners. Could you kind of explain who the other owners are and what what your roles are all at Core Four Brewing? Yeah, absolutely. So, I me, mean, I'm kind of like the
2: marketing, promoting, assistant brewer, kind of do everything else that no one else does, guy. Yeah. Um, my our business partner Marty Simon is our head brewer. Um, he kind of takes care of everything in the back. Um, his wife, Amy Simon is like our general uh, manager. So she kind of handles the books and all the numbers part of it. And then my wife, Jill Buchanan is our taproom manager. So he handles all the taproom aspects in the front. Um, so yeah, that kind of, uh, we make up the core four. <laughs>
1: okay oh it, all right and then and then will the brewery be your full-time job or will you we keep working outside jobs
2: um well we completely funded this ourselves we don't have oh, wow. any investors <laughs> or anything so for the time being yes our day jobs will we're keeping our day jobs uh and then doing this uh, in the evenings um, at least until we get you know some of these loans and stuff all caught up from from building this thing but, <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> But on the good side, we don't have anybody to answer to but ourselves, you know? Nice. Yeah. It's a good feeling,
1: honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
2: It really makes it pay off when we walk in there and stare at that thing. Like we did this, you know, makes it really nice.
1: Yeah. I've been running through that. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we've been having some really, really long days lately. And I'm like, look, this, this is not for someone else. This is, uh, this is for us right now. So (laughs) this is, uh, it's definitely a good feeling when you kind of look at it and go, "Yep, this this is our place." The time and the effort that you're putting in is for you.
2: It is, and I really felt last week you or the last episode you had talked about you were going through some interviews and oh, yeah. some of the funny interviews you had and some of the funny things you got. And uh-huh. I we just that we just went through an interview process and a hiring process. Some of the funny stuff that came through on the uh, the deals that we got, the stuff we came through, it was just hilarious. And I'm like really like this is what you put out that's trying to get a job somewhere like come on guys and then like you said i think we had 12 uh come through and maybe we had four did you know we had we tried to interview all of them and like four didn't show even show up you know we got maybe eight interviews
1: out of it wow that's some good numbers actually (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it still amazes me. And I don't care how many times I've had to interview people, whether it's for my own business or for companies that I've worked for. Mind blowing. That's all I'm going to say. Mind blowing. (laughs) It
2: was a, it was a good time. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's definitely something you can guys can kind of just look back and laugh at. And I tell you what, we I think uh, in the future you and I will be able to share plenty of stories when it comes to stuff like that because it's yeah, yes, sir. like mind blowing. <laughs> That's all I'm going to stick with. <laughs> uh, so, how did you guys all come together?
2: So, uh, like I said, Marty and I were in a band together, uh, and we've kind of been around the music industry here for the last ten or fifteen years. And then we've known each other through different bands that we've played in, uh, friends of different bands we played together in, um, and so we just kind of started hanging out. And then we ended up starting a band together, and we played in that band for quite a few years. And that's when I really got to know Marty and the homebrew side. And so he always had some kind of homebrew on, and we we practiced at his house.
1: Mm-hmm. So every
2: time we go over, he'd have a new beer he brewed, and we'd be hanging out drinking his brews. And, um, and that's kind of how we we started like testing them. Like we would throw his home brews in the band band and go play a show, and then get all the <laughs> other bands out there drinking and make sure our beers are good, you know. Like, <laughs> like that's we started testing them on other, other everybody that way. Um, and then I just kind of got into it with him. I started going over to his house and start brewing in the garage. And then me and him both joined the Red Earth Brewers in town. And um, he came over and helped me set up my homebrew system. And um, so I started home brewing together. And then after a while, we he just kind of like. You know, like, we were both about to turn 40 at the time, and we were like, you know, we're about to turn 40, and if we're ever going to do something, now's the time to do it. And I was like, you know, you're probably right. So uh, we put a business plan together and uh, went to the wives, and the wives were all on board, and uh, here we are.
1: Yeah. Well, then that that would kind of lead us into our next question is, you know, why? I mean, you kind of answered it already but why did you guys decide to open a brewery at especially in a time when you know we we have a thousand craft breweries opening each year
2: well i think our you know in oklahoma we're 10 years behind everywhere else (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) so like you know like san diego for example is probably has you know that that's where you see there there's too many at one point they start start falling off um here like i said we're what in the 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 last sector of the, the country like 45 46 uh in the country per capita so there's still plenty of room to grow um not only that but our business model is tap room focused like mm-hmm. we're small batch we're only three and a half barrels um our fact that we're a tap room only type brewery we're not really trying to get out and do some distribution it would be very limited if any um we're really trying to hit up everybody around us, uh, bring in, have a good time, make, make all of our, everything tap room focus for us. So we're not even trying to compete for shelf space anywhere or anything like that. So, uh, kind of a different <laughs> business model.
1: Right.
0: Okay. Well, you kind of, that was a good, you kind of transitioned into what I was going to ask is, uh, and you kind of did, but maybe, maybe you can go into a little more details on what, What's going to differentiate you from the other local breweries? I mean, I know that there's not a lot of you know local breweries because Oklahoma is behind ten years, and you are going to focus on just doing stuff in the tap room. But do you have anything, you know, that you have ideas you have that are different than what what other breweries are doing, or or things you've seen uh, done in other areas that that you want to incorporate into your tap room that you don't see in Oklahoma?
2: Man, it's a good question. Really, uh, the main thing is that like most of the breweries I think that ha- are around us right now are are more distribution focused. Like they have a tap room, they like to have people come in their tap room, but they're not really doing tap room only releases. You know, They're um and I think that's being small batch the way we are that we're going to be able to do some really off the wall, off the cuff type beers, something a little more out there to bring those people in. You know, like not a lot of them are hit the music scene yet, so yeah. have some you know, really hit that local music side of it. Um, We're really doing a lot of push right now with local musicians. We're bringing some in to do like collab years with musicians and do like releases when they play like different, different ideas like mm-hmm. that that we're mm-hmm. messing up with right
0: now. Yeah. Yeah. Is by any chance, is there, is there any kind of music festival that goes on in Oklahoma city or is it doesn't have anything like that? I mean, like I, I mentioned it because, I've seen how the, we, we have a, a local music festival that happens r- this month. Every month, uh, it's called Tree Fort here in Boise. And a lot of, ind- it's all focused on independent artists from around the world. And they all kind of come into Boise for a week and they're playing at 17 different venues all at the same time. A lot of times, and people just come from all around the world to come to Boise and listen to these independent uh, musicians. And so that, that type of, uh, of music festival brings in a lot of, of people into different breweries. And it's a huge time for, uh, you know, for breweries to, to be able to showcase what their beer can do and bring all these new people in to really, you know, get a following. So does Oklahoma City have any kind of festival like that? Or if they don't, is that something that you might like, you know, think about in the future about trying to sponsor?
2: Yes. Uh, Oklahoma City does not have anything like that. Um we have talked about it. It's kind of we've thought about game plans of putting it together. We have a really large parking lot, mm-hmm. which most you talked about earlier. It's hard to find parking. Um and it's free parking. Um that we that our landlords are completely open to do whatever we want in nice. there. So we have talked about that. Um Norman, which is just about 20 minutes south of us where the university of oklahoma is they have a huge independent music festival there called norman music fest Mm. Uh, and and they do and it's like 30 45 you know i say 20 30 minutes probably south um tulsa is a huge music community oklahoma city really lacks in that Um, but yeah and we know that so we're all about (laughs) trying, (laughs) trying something you know in the future it's definitely in our game plan in the future
0: yeah no, no, that's good. That's good because I think, um, I, I mean, almost all the the local breweries here in the area have, uh, you know, they they have music. They have the same thing your guys are talking about doing. You have, you know, small acoustic, or maybe you know they might have one little amp or whatever. It doesn't because all these places are kind of small, so you don't want to amp it up too much. But you know, they're always having these uh, independent music acts coming in and playing, and and it is nice. I enjoy going and. As long as it's not too loud, I enjoy the music. But if they start to, you know, crank it too much, it, I tend to... I'm an old man, so I can't handle this <laughs> loud noise anymore. But
2: yeah, that's... Well, that's luckily, it. we have like a... It's it's an outside... It's not outside, it's inside, but it's got a big glass garage door, and it's separated from mm-hmm. us. We'll put some walls out there. It's got fans and a heater. So it's kind of like being outside, but you're really inside. Yeah. And so we're going to set up the music at So... If it's a little loud or you're not into it, then you just come through some glass doors, come into the tap room, sit down, and you, yeah. you have a separate. Room to it. so kind of, if you really into music, you can sit out there and listen. And if you're not, you can come in, and it doesn't bother you. So
0: okay, nice, yeah. that's cool. I thought of another question that I didn't write down, but it came across when uh, when Chris was asking questions. I just remembered what I wanted to ask you, because you this is this brewery is not your main. Uh, you know, your main job, you guys are still going to try to work, work your job, at least for the, the short term. Maybe, it, maybe you might find after six months that you got to have focused, uh, full time attention to the brewery. Uh-huh. But because it's, it is a part time, I mean, I won't say, I don't want to say part time. It's a full time job on top of a full time job. Do you have limited hours? Are you going to be open seven days a week or? Uh, three days a week or, you know, what kind of hours are you going to be open As in the beginning? And then what do you plan on working up to?
2: Right now it's five days a week. Okay. Um, we're like three or four o'clock. We haven't quite decided to do nine o'clock on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, we're going to open at noon on Friday and we're going to open at noon on Saturday and Sunday. Um, probably it's a Friday and Saturday closes. Oh, op- you know, it's kind of question, you know, mm-hmm you will close at 10 depends on how busy we are. You yeah. know, maybe it's been, you know, um, Sunday is probably around seven. So um, yeah, we're going to open a little later on Wednesday and Thursday and then really push Friday, Saturday and Sunday.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. You don't you don't want to overdo it because you guys, you know, you, you don't want to have to, uh, to have too much staff outside of yourselves because that's more overhead you have to come up with and you don't want to, overburden your your guys' uh, abilities, too. And not to mention, if you're going to try to keep 12 taps on at all times, you're going to be, be brewing a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's, <what we> do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all we've been doing for the last couple of months is just constantly brewing. As soon as one fermenter drops, we're filling it full of something else. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that brings me – you You already mentioned that you have a three-and-a-half barrel brew house. Is this a brew house you bought uh, used from another brewery that was upgrading, or is this something you bought new?
2: We bought it brand new from Blinkman. Oh, nice! Wow. Nice. Okay, That's so all electric, like. super, super shiny. I know, right? It's
3: pretty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks good when it comes in, and we are so like like loading that thing off the truck and getting it through the doors. You're like scared to death, like yeah, you no. Know, Don't scratch
1: it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Once you get the first dent or scratch in it, then it's like, okay, it's, it's used
1: and old now. (laughs) Then you can relax, though. You get that first dent in it or that scratch, and you're like, okay, we can, we can just chill out a little bit. It's done. We're good to go now. Yeah. It's got its character now. Then you can start putting stickers and shit all over it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Melt
0: off. So, um, so obviously you guys are, have been brewing on this for a while now. How how long have you been brewing with the new uh brew system? Uh
2: as soon as we got certified through the T T B Oh wow. Yeah. So as soon as we became legal and, and everybody certified us so we could start brewing. So it's been um well, it's been a couple months since back probably November, December.
0: Oh okay. Wow. So you guys have a lot of time on on this thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have had this property, we signed the lease October of 2018, Oh, um, but it took us a long time. We we had to completely rezone the building. It, it was zoned for commercial, and we had to uh, zone it for light industrial. So that was like a little over a four-month process just to get the building rezoned properly. And then once we went through all that to get our zoning, and then the the city would give us our building permit and we had to get all the contractors hired, get everything in there. And then we had a little issue with some of the plumbing that took us a little longer than normal. And it's been so, I mean, it's been one hurdle after another. You know, we jumped so many hurdles. We named a beer jumping hurdles. There you go. That's
0: a good, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. So, so now we've, we've already heard that you guys are like brewing up a storm. You've already mastered the brew, the brew system, which is great making great beer off of it, upgrading, you know, up, up, you know, up uh, the capacity from your homebrew kit that uh, uh, that was being used to now uh, a three and a half barrel system. So that's good. So you're, you've got your beer brewing, but as we all know, the limiting factor in how much beer you can have is your fermenting, if, you know, is your storage and fermentation. So uh, how how many fermenters do you guys have and what are the sizes? And and is there, do you believe you need to have more in, in the near future?
2: Absolutely. Right now we have two.
0: Oh, no, that's uh, not we enough.
2: Three, <laughs> three. Uh, we just ordered a third one, um, but they take a couple months to get here. So it'll be here in May. We'll have our third one. No, we need at least at four minimum
1: to you, really keep yeah. up
2: with what we're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, we, yeah. So, our third one will be here in the next like two months. And then, uh, what, you know, when we get, the, we start making some money, we'll get that fourth one ordered. Okay. But, um, yeah, that's our main focus right now is to get more fermenters. Okay. But, you know, at $7,000 a piece, they're not easy to come up. <laughs>
0: that's true. That's true. <laughs> are they, uh, do they hold a single batch or are they double batch fermenters?
2: No, they're single batch, they're just three and a half barrel.
1: Okay. Or I guess they're four, but same thing.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, Buck, how how did you guys come up with the name Core Four Brewing?
2: So that's a great question. A lot of reasons. So, uh, my head brewer Marty, he he's really into like just clean, sessionable drinking beers. Like he's a beer drinker's beer drinker, right? <laughs> so he wants a beer. He likes to brew beers that um, that you could drink all day, and so. Um, when we started kind of coming up with this business plan, that's kind of where he wanted to, the focus. He wanted to pinpoint everything. And then at the time we started putting this together, like, you know, Oklahoma, like I said, is 10 years behind everybody. And we were super new into the craft game. So heavy adjuncted crazy things were really popular and happening big time around here. Cause it was new and everybody wanted to try the next new thing. No one had really settled in yet. And so we're like, you know, like, like you, it's hard to go to a brewery right now and find just a beer you know mm. so we kind of want to bring that back and so that was kind of our game plan so it was we wanted to really concentrate on the core four ingredients of beer um and that was kind of our focus and then we sat down and we were putting our business plan together and, and we were like well, what is our core four beers gonna be and so we talked about that and then we realized like there was four of us doing it and so we were the core four owners of of it, and then it was just became a word that we kept saying like every like meeting we get together, we just said that word a lot. One day, Amy was like, You know what? We're saying that a lot, and mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, I think that sounds like a good name. Mm-hmm. I was like, You know what? You're right, it does, it kind of fits us.
0: Yeah, I i can't believe it wasn't already taken.
2: Oh, it wasn't. There's a core <laughs> in Arkansas, but that was the only one. Like, i mean we like, researched it everywhere, like trying to figure it when so we went jumped in and like. We got the, the website, we got, you know, all the the social media handles. And so it was like, perfect. It worked out great.
1: Nice. Sweet. Yeah, it definitely makes it a lot easier when you don't have to rework all your social media mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like core four or core four brewing or <laughs> you got to make it make it fit to see the, which one's available. Um, so you, you mentioned, did I hear you say you were going to have uh, 12, 12 uh, beers on tap? Yes. Okay. Out of those twelve, are you guys going to have any guest taps on there?
2: Well, we did a uh, collab beer with the Cider Guys. Actually, oh. it's a graph, and so um, they're still in build out, but they're they're good friends with us, and so we're like, you know what? We'll let's do a, a collab together, and then we can help you guys out with your build out too, like help you make some money towards your build out. And so oh. um, we did a graph with the Cider Guys, and it's um, a, a saison base, and then we added some the cider in there as well and then we dry hopped it with nelson savant hops oh nice um oh. yeah it came out really nice like i was i didn't know i, I never really had a graph before so i was kind of curious on this one um that saison kind of gives it that funk and then it's got that apple that nice appley finish so it's almost it's almost like a sour you know mm-hmm. but it's a little sweeter, it's got that funkiness to it um but man, it just it came out real nice. And it, and it's a like gluten reduced beer because it's got so much cider in it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that helps as well. So no, I'm really excited about that one. I think that one's gonna be a big hit as well. Yeah.
1: And that I'm not normally a big Saison fan, but that that actually sounds kind of nice. <laughs> and then uh do you guys I mean you guys haven't even opened your doors yet and you're all like, Yeah, let's collab up with these guys yeah. over here.
2: <laughs> uh- <laughs> and then, um actually yes. Yesterday, as a matter of fact, we just did a another collab brew with the local pink Pink Boots chapter. Okay. Um. So, which, if you know what Pink Boots is, uh, ladies in the in the craft beer industry or the beer industry, um. And so we had about twelve ladies come in the brewery yesterday, uh, representing not only our brewery but three other breweries right around us: um, Lively Beerworks, Anthem Brewery, and um angry Scotsman. And so they all came in and we, uh, we bought uh, like 11 pounds of hops from the pink Boots society and the Yakima that their pink boots blend. And we brewed up an IPA yesterday um, for that. And then that, when that comes out, it'll be a big collab between all the breweries and we'll release it in the tap rooms everywhere. And uh, all the money
1: for that will go back to the local Pink Boots chapter. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. All right, so will you have any? You guys uh, have any flagship beers?
2: You know, that's kind of the thing about being a small batch. Like, I want to say yes, we have a core four beers that we'll always have on. (laughs) (laughs) That was too easy. (laughs) (laughs) But it kind of depends. Like, we're kind of leaving that open to the public at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be their call. Like, which ones are our best sellers? Um, But I mean, we have an amber, we have a blonde, we have a milk stout, we have an IPA that we really think are. Are are top notch and that'll be our core beers, but you know that's not our decision to make
1: at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, uh, what uh, what styles do you guys think you're planning on brewing? You're gonna stick with uh, a handful, or are you just gonna just let's let's see what sells and let's experiment and kind of go from there?
2: Yeah, a little bit of all the above. So you know I'm an adjunct in a heavy stout mm-hmm. form.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: So.
2: Kind of- and, like my agreement with Marty was, I'll give you like six or eight taps to do yours, and I get the rest of them. <laughs> oh,
3: <no>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's like, okay, we can do that. <laughs> so these the first like couple that were you know for the release are, are really just like quick turnaround light beers that we're trying to brew to to fill tap space. Um, some of the the odder ones that we have we have the white stout that I was telling you about that we aged on cocoa nibs that came out really nice um we did a scotch ale um we did a peach hefeweizen mm. um, we did an imperial stout that we you know we did with um with, with bourbon and oak chips um so those are kind of some of the the uh, you know the, the ones that stand out just a little bit from your standard ones um but we're also you know like i said the, the blonde the amber the milk stout the ipa where uh, we got a porter that we will be doing uh a pell ale you know and then we have that graph as well. So.
1: And what is is a, you said it's a graph. What is a graph? That's the,
2: it's, it's it's a beer made with cider. Okay. Call it a
1: graph. See, we learn something new every day.
2: Okay. Cider guy told me, so I believe (laughs) him.
1: Okay. (laughs) Of course, as soon as you said that, it's, I'm, I'm, it's a cider beer hybrid. I'm, I'm on the Google machine going, okay, what is this? How do we, what, what, what does it entail? But, uh, it's, it's like you said, it's a cyber, a cyber, a cider. <laughs> I love beer, a cider beer hybrid. Um, it brings together the best of beer and mead into one fermented beverage. And for cider makers, the lesser known drink Graf, achieves similar harmony between cider and beer. That's pretty cool. I like that.
2: Yeah. And so, yeah, and then we, we, um we pitched beer yeast on it. And so, man, it came out real nice. Yeah.
0: Sounds good. You know, you know, Chris is going to make a trip up to see you because you said Peach Hefeweizen. So yeah. you know he'll be there.
2: I big Peach Hefeweizen fan. <laughs> oh, dude!
1: Anything, anything Peach? I am completely <laughs> excited about.
2: Yeah, we, uh, we brewed that one for a festival, and because we had to have some a one-off for like the VIP, and it was a hit. Like everybody loved it, and we're like, nice. Like, so we kept that one around.
0: <laughs> nice. Well. You know what, Buck? Um, you've done a great job. I, we really appreciate you being open and uh, coming on the show and, uh, letting us know about Core 4 Brewing. I know that, uh, I wish I was close to Oklahoma so I could be there for your opening, uh, event and, and enjoy this moment with you and your partners. Um, but, uh, sadly I'm unable to come, but, uh, we will live through your social media and, of course, any kind of feedback you provide back to the show, uh, remember, we have that voicemail line. So if you want, you can cu- call back and say, let us know how the event went and how excited you are about the, you know, the the great grand opening and, and how you ran out of beer in, uh, you know, the first day you opened. That was- <laughs> no, I don't, don't want to hear you run out of beer, but
2: that might be what happens. Right, let's hope not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I really appreciate you guys having me on and giving me this opportunity. And when you called me out that day, I believe me, I was shocked. I was like, "Wow, that was really awesome of you." So, I mean, I appreciate it.
0: No, no, we're we're excited. Um, I mean, ever since you started following us a, a couple years ago, um, I've always, you know, I always kind of in the back of my mind. I'm, I was thinking, "What is this? What is this Core Four Brewing thing? Is it his home brewer?" I, I kept waiting for something to happen, and then when finally. It it all came about, and I realized, oh, he's really opening a brewery. Then I I got excited, so I wanted to make sure we showcased you guys on the on the uh, the podcast because you know that's what what we're all about is is helping out uh, our friends of the show, and you're definitely a, f- a friend of the show. And I'm glad that we were able to get together with you before you open, so we are right at the at the beginning of this of this uh, adventure for you and and your partners. Before we let you go. Um, we always like to go ahead and raise a glass, you know, give a toast out to people we like to give a toast to. So uh, would you like to give a toast out to anyone on the air? And, of course, at the same time, uh, let us know, let let our listeners know how they can contact you uh, if they're interested in coming and visiting Core 4 Brewing.
2: Absolutely. Um, Well, first, I'll start with toasting my crew, um, Marty and Amy Simon and my wife, Jill. Uh, for this roller coaster ride we've been on we're super excited about it um, on a toast just the craft beer the local craft beer community um, that has really taken us in and been amazing and so helpful to answer the phone when we had any questions or <laughs> be there for yeah, I definitely appreciate that and uh to you guys man for having me on and giving me this opportunity and and uh, having this amazing podcast to, me something to do i drive around oklahoma city all day
0: <laughs> of course yeah we we, we aim to uh, keep your ears busy but now we we also <laughs> apologize for while we're doing that making you thirsty
2: <laughs> that you do, <laughs> that you do. <laughs> yeah man you can uh follow core four brewing we're at core the number four brewing on everything so all our social media is core the number four brewing um we're working on the website now it should be up uh here in the next couple weeks and then our email core the number four brewing at gmail.com if you have any questions or you know like i said we're here we're home brewers that have made went up so if any home brewers have questions please reach out we'd be glad to talk to you
0: awesome excellent all right chris how about you you have anyone to raise a toast to
1: Yeah, I definitely want to raise a glass to my dad today. My dad, Rodney McKenzie, is turning 62 years old today. Yeah, it's his birthday on uh, March 9th. I got on the phone with him just before we started recording. But, Dad, I just want to raise a glass to you and tell you happy birthday. And fortunately enough, I'm going to see him, my brother, and a lot of my family right down here in Florida this coming Sunday. Oh, so nice. So we're looking forward to spending some time with, with family. I, I don't think I've seen my brother in about three years. So oh, it's, uh, good you. it's definitely a little overdue. So Cheers <laughs> to you, dad. I love you. And, uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cheers, dad. Uh, happy birthday. You know what? Cheers to, uh, Johan Halberg. It's his birthday too. Imagine nice. that you guys share a birthday, uh, yeah, I uh raised my glass to Johan. 50 uh, fifty fifty years old today. He's a he's a youngin'. Youngin' <laughs> compared to your dad and me. Although he's only I'm only a few months older than Johan, but that's okay. What, <laughs> Johan and I have a uh a, a pact when he's he wants to come to the US eventually and when he does, uh I'm gonna fly out to wherever he's at so we can meet up and have some beers uh, and enjoy uh his visit to the US.
1: So well, keep, keep me in, in, uh, in mind with that too, cause, uh, I'd kind of like to know when that would happen. Okay. Well. Of course.
0: I'll let you know. Hopefully it's, uh, after this whole coronavirus thing disappears and, and, uh, I finished paying off all my medical bills <laughs> from my wife's <laughs> surgery and my surgery. It's a, it's a rough year. 2020 has already started off rough and I had two surgery bills to pay for in the first month of the, uh, of the year. So that's not, that's not good, but. Um, hey, just get
1: it out of the way now.
0: Yeah, yeah, get it out of the way now. The rest of my uh, year, I can go to the doctor whenever I want because it's paid for. So yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Buck, hey, I gotta raise a glass to you, my friend. Uh, I'm really excited for your adventure. Like I already, I already mentioned it, but I just want to reiterate. Um, I get giddy when I think about uh, my, you know, my friends and and listeners. Uh, you know, my co-host. Started his own brewery and it's doing very well. And I, I, I believe that you, uh, you have spent the time, uh, you know, having a couple of years to get this thing going. You guys know what it took, and you guys are prepared to make this thing successful. And I'm very excited to see your success. So cheers to you, and uh, thank you, sir. Yeah, and also St. Patty's Day is the 17th, and so cheers to all. Uh, the Irish out there I'm part Irish so I can cheers to that Uh, don't drink green beer but drink some Guinness I I love some good old-fashioned Guinness so cheers to that and also yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and of course being a former serviceman I always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the US military services protecting our freedoms Uh, you know we wouldn't be able to do this without you know freedom isn't free so you got to have uh, some sacrifice, and those men and women out there are sacrificing for our freedom. So cheers to you. I hope you are able to return home safely to your families very soon.
1: And, Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a, a a toast to our sponsors? Sure. I want to raise a glass to B-Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us, and I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net, or dot net. You can go check out the other things that they have going on at fermentedreality.com and check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether you're hanging out by the beach on the, by, by the and by the pool, <laughs> yeah, see, it's good beer. Yeah. Uh, whether you're hanging out on the beach or by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some boating, bee cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. Also, you can go visit our friends at Tavor. It's at Tavor.com. You can use the promo code TAPTHECRAFT, which is all one word, and it will give any new user a $10 credit after they spend $25. And you can find the
0: beers mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at openForradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw.
1: And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So, you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore Mackenzie 82 or untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. And of course, you can always find me on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft.
0: And we already heard you can find Buck and the brewery at Core 4 Brewing, at Core 4 Brewing on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. Is that right? I think we even have a TikTok. And a TikTok. Wow, you're way above us. We don't even have a TikTok. Y'all fancy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With the kids these days. Oh, Uh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Those those kids, quote, are going to be buying your beer here soon, so you might as well get one. (laughs) That's true.
0: (laughs) That's true. All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend. And, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, And, of course, on Spotify. We've been hitting it up big on Spotify, so go get those Spotify downloads or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. Any questions? I, we're, we're gonna leave you in the dark. It's just gonna be Chris and I know what's going on. So I
2: like it. Okay, I like. I, like it. I can shoot by the, <laughs> you know, my pants.
1: It's fine.
0: <laughs> we know you can. We could tell. We could tell from uh, all your interactions that you're that kind of guy. So,
1: well, I mean, it take it takes me a like a week to listen to an episode of our podcast.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Five hours long.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Denny already jinxed it for this one. He, I said it's gonna, yeah. I said,
0: hey, this episode is just focused on Buck, Buck, and, and uh, Core Four Brewing. It should be really short, so it's going to be two hours. Yeah, it'll be two right. two and a half hours. Yep.
2: And apparently, you know, I could talk, so I get in trouble for talking all the time. So
0: uh, it's hey, I understand. I'm the same way, so it's okay. Nice. All right. Well, you know what? That's a that's a great segue in. To our newly named Untap the Craft with Untapped. Uh, let's, oh wait, I just blew that. Let me start over here.